Hey! This show is recommended for folks 18 and older. It contains foul language and frank depictions of sex and sexuality. Thanks for tuning in to The Broads and the Bees. Enjoy the show! Sticks and stones don't break my bones, but whips and chains excite me. Welcome to the Broads and the Bees. I'm Morgan Spatola. <laughs> and I'm Joy Sass. And we're talking about BDSM this episode. Woohoo! <laughs> so, um, we are going to... What topics are we covering today, Joy? What are you talking about? I am talking about contracts. Okay, and yes. with that comes consent, so that'll yes. be fun. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about my own kind of journey deeper into the world of BDSM and how I discovered some things that I didn't initially expect when entering that world of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That world of stuff. Um, So let's get into it then. So we're going to first talk about contracts. And I have been part of the BDSM community for a really long time, like longer than I probably should be. So let's back up to like a really basic 101. What's BDSM? It's bondage, discipline, Uh sadomasochism. Okay. So, um, and it is a power exchange form of sex without Mm -hmm. necessarily having to have intercourse. Right. So there are BDSM partnerships, our exchanges, our play that have um, no sex involved whatever, mm-hmm. whatsoever. And BDSM can be anything from whips and chains mm-hmm. to um, telling someone that they just have to sit there for an hour. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about letting go of your power and exchanging it to someone else. Right. Okay, cool. Thank you for that, that quick intro. So, uh, all right. So when we talk about contracts, which I'm excited to talk about, what we're really talking about is like a formalized form of consent. Because a lot of people, I feel like when you talk about BDSM or kink communities, they're like, oh my God, that's all about you like hit them and it's sexy and like, oh, it's so creepy or what, you know, how could you whip someone with a flogger or whatever. They think of the worst things, but really there's a very uh, deep or like deeply ingrained culture of mm-hmm. consent and discussion between two partners before they ever even do anything. And that's something that I so value about everything that has to do with BDSM is that there's so much communication. So right. contracts are one way to to do that. So yeah, let's hear all about them. Okay, so let's talk about why you might want to have a contract. I found this on the site and the writer um, of this article, I thought it was it was really just like in a nutshell, kind of like gives you the ins and outs of why you would want to do it and what that structure might look like. Cool. They shared that um, one of the things is that it can be anything. It can be a 10-page document to something signed on a napkin. 
Mm-hmm. But it really is stating what this relationship will look like. And so one of the first things why you would want to have a contract would be um, they are meant to establish clear rules, boundaries, limit, limits, punishments, etc. Cool. And that means just you get to say, and what a lot of people get confused about, especially if you're a sub. Mm-hmm. And a sub means that you are the person who is receiving, you are the sub, you're the sub. So The submissive. The submissive. <laughs> so I just, I've been in it so long, I'm just like, you're the sub. You're like, Does it's I, just a sub. You're just also a sub. Also known as the bottom. The bottom. Or the receiving mm-hmm. person. Right. Or I can't think of any other synonyms right. on that. I, I can't either. <laughs> but so I'm just like, I'm always stuck with sub. But you are the submissive. Um, but the submissive really in a positive, healthy BDSM relationship, the submissive really has the control. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is not the dom that has, and the dom is the dominant. The, the dom does not have the control mm-hmm. because the sub really says, this can happen to me, this can happen to me, but this will not happen to me. Right. And a if a dom breaks the will not, then you don't really have a dom. You have an abuser. Right. And I just want to make that really clear. That right. A really strong dom knows to let the sub set the tone and then there's the negotiation from that setting of the mm-hmm. tone of what the relationship will look like one of the things that um it does again is it establishes clear rules boundaries limits and punishments and whatever else that the contract would look like um and then they define the goals of the relationship there are some doms that have families outside of they have marriages mm-hmm. but it is part of who they are their partner understands that they have you can have a non-sexual relationship as a submissive with a dom. It does not always have to be sexual. It is about a power exchange. Right. It's not necessarily about intercourse. Right. Um, so they dev- design, define the goals of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it guides the relationship, whether the relationship is going to be one to two scenes with the person. And a scene is when you are actually in the role of being a sub and receiving either punishment or whatever that looks like within the confines of that relationship. Uh Um, So it can be long-term or short-term, but it Uh defines that as well. And then they create a moral authority. So they're going to look at, like, who is, like, first the sub is in control of that, but then what does that look like? Like, who has control in that particular situation? Um, And so that is also looked at. And then... And then to extend the role play. So is it that the scene stops and then the person goes back to being no longer a sub and totally back into their own personal power? Mm-hmm. Or do they have an extended play or do they have no agreement at all? And it's just like whatever the dom says happens. Mm-hmm. So all of those things are talked about in that. Are they legal? No, they're not a legal binding contract. <laughs> right. you, like it is, it, you're setting the parameter of what the play looks like to create your own boundaries of safety. So I will, I will say that, yes, um, absolutely. but it is, it's not that like, oh, you sign this. So you have to leave your family and be only with me. That is not what the contract is about. The contract is confining or defining what the play looks like. Absolutely. And there are people who have TPEs and a TP is a total power exchange mm-hmm. where the Dom has all control and power and that's just the way it is. And that works for them. But even those contracts do have time limits on them and get renegotiated yeah. yes. at certain points. So yes, someone do. will do for it. For some though. Well, yeah. For some. So some people will do a total power exchange and then say, okay, after one year or something, mm-hmm. we'll re- on this date, we'll reassess the contract and see what's working and what's not. You know? Yeah, and exactly. so, um, and then another thing 
thing too about that is that even though you do a contract, like you can renegotiate at any time as long as you're, you know, like safe wording and stopping the right. scene. You can't negotiate in the middle of a scene, but if you say and when you when I say if you're safe wording, what that means is everyone usually when you're making your contract, you agree on a safe word, which means absolutely not. The scene stops immediately mm-hmm. right now. Right. And if someone calls that word, it's usually just like a random word like pineapple or, right. you know, whatever. If someone calls that word, that just means that like this is not working for me and we need to stop right now. Right. And so if somebody's safe words then that would be a time for renegotiation. But right. it, it's not right for people to renegotiate like in the middle of doing a scene if you're still in those roles because right. then people can be taken advantage of. Right. But Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think that it's it's really um I think that subs need to know that you are the ones who have control over the scenes. So if you are a sub and you're doing something where your mouth is covered, you need to be a sub that knows that you have a handkerchief or you have something that flags that you can drop to let your dom know. And an experienced dom is always going to be checking in. Right. They're not just going to like start flailing on you because that's just an abuser. Right. And and you they're. And it's a, it's not a thin line. Like I only know really good doms. I have never met an abusive dom. Right. Um, but I know they're out there. Right. So I just want to make sure people know you get to be safe first and then play later. Yeah. And that kind of goes to the whole thing about like negotiating during a scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we always talk about when you're with a partner, like you shouldn't just bring up new stuff to mm-hmm. randomly do while you're having sex like this is just a formalized way of saying that too right. like when you're you know we talk about communication with trying if you want to introduce something new with your partner when you shouldn't be talking about that during sexy times right you know the sexy times need to be stopped and ended and mm-hmm. then you can have those conversations about trying something new or what you would wish something would look like in the future or whatever and so Safe wording and having contracts are like formalized ways of doing that exactly does that yeah. Okay. No, no, <laughs> like, I don't no, know if that makes sense. No, but I mean, because like this, this is so great because they described it and I'll just read it because I thought it was really great. Okay. It can be one to two sentences on a bar napkin, a verbal agreement over coffee mm-hmm. or a 20 page document stamped by a notary <laughs> and then signed in blood in front of witnesses at a collaring ceremony. And a collaring ceremony is when the submissive or slave is given a collar yeah. by the dom or mommy or daddy or wh- whoever their dom is yeah. how they identify their dom and it's it's like a ceremony that i now belong to you right it signifies that that formal ownership right yeah, absolutely and then some things to include um would be um play terms so how long days weeks years what is that going to look like if it's someone that you're just playing with um i would do light play and then see where i go f- from there how mm-hmm. comfortable i am from there because if someone's starting off heavy playing with me, then I'm good. I'm done and I don't want to do any more play. But right. I still have a contract with what that looks like. Yeah. Um, safe words. Soft limits, hard limits, must um, must have limits. So uh, let's define those. Okay. So um, safe word is, um, I have my safe word. I won't say, so I'll use a different safe word. So I'll say lifesaver. So if I'm in a scene and the scene is becoming too heavy for me or I'm done or I'm exhausted or I don't like whatever. you have to pee. Yeah. Whatever, (laughs) whatever is going on in my world where the scene needs to stop, I would say lifesaver. Yeah. My dom needs to know, knows that that needs to stop. The scene needs to stop. Mm -hmm. So soft limits are like what would you say a soft limit would be i would think a soft, a soft limit, limit to me be... would be like like i, I i'll get know. spanked i'm trying, but... I'm like trying so, to think so i'll get spanked with a paddle but you may not use a whip 
Okay, good. So that would be a soft limit. A hard limit is absolutely no paddling whatsoever. Nothing hits my bottom whatsoever. Or, I don't like or that. a soft limit could also be I'm interested in paddling at some point, but maybe not yet. And mm-hmm. so right now that's a no. But right. in the future it could be a yes exactly. because maybe maybe I'll be open to it. Right. That would be a soft limit. Okay. And then um, so must limits. So I must be bound. I, right. I, I need to be tied every single time. Mm-hmm. That's just what's going to work for me. I need to be blindfolded every single time. That's going to be work for me. Um, so I need you to play Enya every single time. Oh, I, you know, <laughs> that, that's, that's a hard <laughs> limit. I'm like, you don't get to play Enya. I loved her in the moment, but not when I'm getting paddled. That's, that's <laughs> awkward. <laughs> anyway. But, um, and then rights, responsibilities, and expectations of both parties. Because it is such a psychological, like sex on itself is such a psychological process to begin with. Mm -hmm. But when you add BDSM to it, it really becomes your submissive really kind of clings to you in that moment. Mm -hmm. So there really needs to be a conversation about rights. So what are my rights as a sub? What can I say? What can I do? Um, And then what are the responsibilities as a dom? What are the responsibilities as a sub? What are the the rights that a dom wants to have? Like, I need every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off because I'm doing other things. Mm -hmm. I'm not available to you. That is my right to say. And then the expectations of both parties. So it's really like, it's so hard because I think with with just like sex onto itself, people meet, they hook up, they do their thing. A, A relationship may form, a relationship may not form. And people may have kink in that moment, but it doesn't make it BDSM. Right. That's a totally different thing. So I I like that. Um, um, Exceptions are special circumstances. Like um, if you have with your dom, whoever your dom would be, you, you, there needs to be, if you have things like trauma, those things need to be discussed because they could say something thinking that they're doing just their thing or play and it can trigger you. Right. So yeah. So there needs to be cir- special circumstances. Like, dirty I have pe- talk is fine, but please don't ever say this one word right. because that's right. going to set gonna me off or right. turn me off or take me out of the moment or trigger me or whatever. Yeah, right. Things so you, like that. And so I think that what I like about having the contract, it, it takes, it makes the sub have to stop and think about what is best for them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times in sex, we don't think about what's best for us. We're right. just like, that person's hot. I guess I'm going to do it. Yeah. And this is different. So punishments and rewards. So... Um, there are some contracts where um, you, if you do not do what your dom is asking you to do, there is a punishment involved. Well, what are those punishments mm-hmm. like? So a punishment could be like go into the corner and that's fine. Or a punishment could be that now I'm going to hit you with a belt. Yeah. Um, so you have to know where your beginnings, middles and ends are when you are negotiating the contract. Yeah, absolutely. Belts are off the belt for me. Like, <laughs> like, like that, that's like, that's just a no go. Like that's just not going to happen. So um, you need to know what you're willing to negotiate on. When we say punishments and rewards too, like that doesn't even always have to be like, maybe you should negotiate like, are we doing a system like that? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes scenes don't even involve that at all. It's right. just like, hey, I want you to drip hot wax on me for 20 minutes. And that's the scene. Right. Not, you know, and so there's no there's no room for punishments and rewards. And I think a lot of times when people hear BDSM and they hear dominance and submission, they do get caught up on that part right. where it's like, there's punishments and rewards and stuff. And while that's like a fun system to have, it's not necessary in order for somebody to be considered a bdsm scene right so um 
So when we say punishments and rewards, it's like, are you going to do it? And if you are, what will those look like? Right, exactly. Yeah. External um, participants. um, So that if you want other people in the play or viewing the play, Mm -hmm. that needs to be negotiated. That's important. Um, Areas of control. What will the dom have control over in your life? Is it just the scenes and that's it? Mm -hmm. The rest of your, or is it a TPE or is it somewhere in between that? Um, And then, um, Language and phrasing, and uh, you know, Maureen, you just talked about that a little bit. As far as there are certain words that cannot be said to me yeah. during play, and they're they're trigger words, and so I just ask for them not to be said. So mm-hmm. language and phrasing of things, um, in a way to make someone want to stay in um, that subspace, yeah, um, as opposed to um, like being triggered and like coming back to their real world, right. And out of that scene. Which we do this play because it is an escape. So right. you want yeah. to avoid that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, terms of termination. So who can end the um, contract? Who can? So I recommend both parties being able to end the contract. Yeah. I do not, for myself, I had one TPE and it it wasn't bad, but it it I really, I realized that I'm a little... I'm a little stronger than I thought I was mm-hmm. when it really came to it. I was like, well, yeah, I really don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we kept negotiating and ended up terms of contract of terminate terms of termination of the contract were that um, I had in it that if I just felt and I just, and I had, if I just felt like it wasn't working anymore yeah. and it wasn't working and I said, I, I, I want to terminate our contract. Yeah, totally. Promises of discretion. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like you, like there are, People that have relationships outside of a um, dominant, submissive BDSM relationship, they have either partners or they have careers. Discretion is important for everyone involved. I think that that is it. Those are some things that can go into the contract and what a contract really can look like. And again, it's anything that you want it to be. But I think the main thing is that that BDSM is one of the few. And it can be sexual, and I just want to say that too. BDSM sometimes does not involve any penetration whatsoever, mm-hmm. or any kissing, or any. It's just people come in and they just want a scene because it's what's in them to get out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think that it can look like anything that the two people want it to look like, but I do think it's important to be having the conversation of, "Am I going to have a contract?" And if your dom is like, "Absolutely not," I would be leery. Right. I would be leery. Right. I mean, you could have like a verbal, you can have a verbal and, and that mm-hmm. is fine. I would, I would suggest working towards a written, but again, I am a sub and I see things differently because mm-hmm. I just am, I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, totally. So I, I tend to not do things without contracts. I want to talk a little bit about my own research and my own, um, journey. <laughs> and it's interesting because I'm not working off notes this time. But what I did do was I pulled up my Amazon Kindle app on my phone. And I'm going to talk about some books that I read. Um, because when I first started learning more about BDSM and kinky stuff, like reading books is what helped get me there. That you know, too. yeah, too. so I have a lot of recommendations. But basically, so basically, I guess my own journey is like, you know, doing the sex thing and doing some like what people would consider kinky things during sex, but nothing ever formalized or defined or anything. Then I started working at the sex shop and had my eyes opened to so many more different types of things that there could be out in the world. And I started um, working with rope when I was there because there were a lot of slow nights. So I would tie up the mannequins. And 
I owe some of this to you, Joy, actually, whether you know this or not. But one time you and I were out at a burlesque show that I did and we were talking with one of my friends who's a professional um, femdom. And um, I don't even know what we were talking about at that point, but there's something along the lines of me saying how I like to do rope stuff. And you were saying, oh, so you want to be a rope top. And I was like, a top? Yeah. Because <laughs> I said I said something like, oh, I just want to tie people up. And you were like, so you want to be a rope top? And I was like, oh, that's what that's called. Oh, yeah. Okay. A top. Interesting. Let me try that on for size and see how that feels. So I started trying on this idea because I feel like as women, we are socialized. And I mean, I know we're both non-binary, but we also... Yeah, have been socialized as women. Yes. Um, as women, we've been socialized to be more submissive. You know, mm-hmm. women are socialized to be submissive. So that carries on into your sexual experiences. So taking this idea of like, oh, I don't have to be the submissive one in these partnerships. How can I play with that idea? And kind of like flipping it on its head and saying, well, what if I did give myself permission to be dominant? And what if I did give myself permission to be on top and be in charge of everything? Like, what does that look like? And that was kind of a scary thing. Really? Yeah. To like Because that wasn't something I was used to, you know? And and I think that taking that power into your hands and deciding that you're going to be the one in charge and you're going to call those shots and rule the scene and everything is like a little nerve wracking. Yeah, it was just definitely something that like I had a slight struggle with because it was like, this is not who I'm what I'm told that I'm supposed to be, um, you know, when it comes to sensual experiences with folks. Um, and then another thing that I learned as I was doing my research is, is going back to like about how BDSM isn't always about sexual experiences. Mm-hmm. And that resonates with me so hard as someone who identifies as asexual. I don't always want to have sex. I don't. And I know I do the sex podcast and we're going to sex <laughs> job, you know, but like it's, it's interesting to me, but I don't always want to be doing that. Right. But what I do value is a way to connect with a partner on an intimate level and on a sensual level that doesn't necessarily involve having sex or penetration or touching of genitals or whatever. And so that's something that I really value about BDSM and the kink scene. I'm going to read, I'm going to list off a few books um, that I found very helpful. Um, The first one, which is not on my Amazon Kindle and I don't know where this book is right now because I lost it. Anyway, it's called SM 101 by Jay Mm -hmm. Wiseman. Yes, that is great. Jay Wiseman is a brilliant writer and I'm not going to go too far into all of it, but one of the things that I love about Jay Wiseman is that he used to be a, a, oh my God, what's it called when you work on the ambulance? PMT? EMT? EMT? An EMT. Okay. (laughs) He used to be an EMT. And so he knows a lot about like physical safety and how to do things in a safe way. And he also has a lot of terrifying horror stories about BDSM scenes gone wrong because he was an EMT. So he writes his books from a pers- like a perspective of safety first. And that was something that I, I really value. So he goes a lot into like when you're meeting someone for the first time, like all the things that you need to be aware of and how to negotiate and things like that. And then he also, when he's talking about certain aspects of play, it's always from a safety first perspective. Um, and I really value that. So Jay Wiseman, SM101. And then Jay Wiseman also has a... Um, a rope book called the erotic bondage handbook as well. Um, and I like those. The next book that I would recommend, um, is the mistress manual by mistress Lorelei. Now this book is, it's short and it's very much about lifestyle 
dominance, but from a femdom perspective. And what I like about it is that, you know, I, I read it and I decided, you know, that's not really for me, this lifestyle dominance thing, but I liked reading this perspective. And she also, the way she writes is very much from this, like, be a woman and hear me roar and here's my power and stuff. And so it's just like, I don't know, it's fun to read um, and kind of get like a different perspective of things. Um, she writes about um, basically like different styles of role play relationships that you can have. So like mommy and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, little boy. And it's also like, she writes like from a heterosexual perspective, but whatever. Um, or mistress and schoolboy, or um, Amazon warrior goddess, and like her captive, her captive slave, or whatever. So um, it's just really interesting because she comes up with all these like scenarios that you could like play out as like a lifestyle um, mistress. And, and that's cool. Yeah, like it's that. just really like interesting. Yeah, and the the way she writes was really good. So um, I like that one. And then another one. Uh, let me scroll through. Did you do um, Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns? Oh, I haven't said that one yet, but that's on my list to okay. say. So Screw the Roses, Send Me the Thorns. Sorry. No, that's okay. Another good one um, that I bought. I actually bought that one at your suggestion. Um, and it's, again, around here somewhere. It's um, about, yeah, it's just about BDSM. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like an older book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the classics, you yeah. know, and it's very good. Um, the topping book and the bottoming book, both of those are really good. I haven't read the bottoming book because obviously I was going into my, it's good. <laughs> my topping. Yeah. So, um, but the, I'm looking for the people who wrote what their names are. Dossie Easton and Janet Hardy wrote the topping book and the bottoming book. They're companion books. I do own both of them. I haven't read the bottoming book yet for reasons. Um, it's a really good one though. (laughs) It really lays everything out in a really clear way. And it gives, um, what I like about it is that it gives these like anecdotes from people in the scene. So you can really get this idea of like what, what it looks like. Oh, so the next, the, the final thing that I had to recommend, which is not a book, but a series is the toy bag guide. Mm. Um, and there are these, and you can buy them like in real life. Like, you can buy the physical book for, like, five bucks, or you can get them for cheaper as an ebook on Amazon, but not all of them are on Amazon. Um, but the Toy Bag Guide is basically a bunch of guides about specific types of play. Oh, cool. So there's the Toy Bag Guide for Shoe Fetishes, Toy Bag Guide for Age Play, Toy Bag Guide for Chastity Play, uh, Toy Bag Guide for Temperature Play. So it really, it's written by someone who's considered a, or each one is written by a different author who's considered an expert in the subject. And it's just, like, this deep dive just into the subject. And so those are really great ways to learn about specific activities. So those are just some books that I have read that I really value. And I'll try to list them all out again in our show notes. Um, And people should read those if you're looking for somewhere to start. Like those are good books to read because they're helpful. I think research is the most important thing when you are wanting to um, go into this area. And I wanted to say one other thing that I, I think that I think that it's, Like coming out as a sub, coming out as a sub is um, difficult to do Mm -hmm. because coming out as a top or a dom, whatever, like you're the top or the dom. So you're like in the power and there is kind of a stigma about releasing power, right? like surrendering your power to another person. Absolutely. And especially for women now. Yeah. Like back in the day, I think it would have been a little more acceptable. But mm-hmm. now it's like, why aren't you a strong enough woman to be the, well, if you're not made that way, you're not made that way. Yeah. And you'll end up just like going, I'm flogging you, wishing it was me. <laughs> this really sucks. 
So own who you are and know that you're going to find the right person, people, whatever it is you're looking for Mm -hmm. to help you meet that need. Absolutely. Don't feel ashamed is what I basically am trying to say. Let your freak flag fly. Fly (laughs) it. Okay, so we picked a kind of like kinky toy to review. And this was hard to pick something because there's like so many things, but then like sometimes things can be expensive too. And so we were like, floggers, no, those are expensive. Mm -hmm. Like rope, well, no, because like one of us doesn't like being tied up. It's me. I don't like being tied up. So um, I like doing the tying. So we picked the, these are the Size Matters, hate the name, Max Twist Clit and Nipple Triple Sucker Set. Whoa. A lot of words. A <laughs> lot, a of, lot words. of words I just said. So they're by XR Brands, which actually I like this brand because every single box that they put out says safe, sane, and consensual somewhere on there, uh, which is another thing in BDSM. Don't play if it's not safe, sane, or consensual, consensual. right? Yes. Um, so I, I always thought that was pretty cool that they put SSC on their boxes. And they manufacture just a lot of different stuff for um, for kink play. And one of those things are the Size Matters lines, which is um, clit pumps, um, the the nipple suckers to make your nipples like pop out bigger. And um, I think they do penis pumps too, but I've never... Oh, no, I've seen Size Matters penis pumps. And sleeves also. So anything to enhance yeah. size, that's something that they sell. So these little twisters... Um, it's a three piece set and it's supposed to be one for each nipple and one for the clitoris. And what it looks like is a little, um, it looks like, um, like the syringe, not the syringe, but the, the syringe. It looks like a syringe. Yeah. It looks like the plunger part of a syringe. syringe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a plastic, a plastic, um, tube with an opening on one end that you would put over the space to be sucked. And then there's a little twisty guy on the other end. And you twist it, and basically what it does is as it twists, it creates a vacuum and sucks the flesh. I hate that I said that word. Anyway, it su- <laughs> I don't know, it sounded weird. It sucks it up into the little tube. So ideally, you put it on the nipples, and you suck them up, or you put it on the clitoris, and you suck them up. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your first impressions on these? Um, actually, I liked them. When I took them out, I liked that it was a hard plastic and not metal like Mm -hmm. i because that's weighty yeah um and i like that the screw is big um so first impressions i i I actually liked all three i mean they're all they're all the same size so i I liked i like them yeah my first impression was that i thought they looked scary really yeah i don't know just something about that because it's basically like manual cupping and cupping Mm -hmm. is like a practice where you have like a glass cup and you like heat it up so that it creates a vacuum seal mm-hmm. when it hits your skin, it pulls your skin into it. So I was like, oh, it's like cupping without the fire. Scary. Yeah. scary. That's scary to me. <laughs> so, so cupping with the fire would not be scary? No, that's also scary. <laughs> okay, okay. Yes, cupping is scary. It's so, but I, scary. I have since changed my mind. So, um, okay, design. Okay, so I, I think the design for, initially, I like the design. I mean, it looks like when you just look at it, it has a wider lip. I guess a lip at the top where your nipple or your clitoris would go into. Mm-hmm. So I like the design. So I, I didn't. Yeah, I like the design. I'll okay. just say that. What yeah. score did you give it? Um, I gave the design an eight, okay. actually. I yeah. also gave the design an eight. And I, um, I, the reason it's not a 10, I suppose, is because 
when I'm looking at it, there's this one seal on here. Do you see that? It's like wiggly. Mm, and yeah. I don't know what that is. And I can't access it because I can't take these apart. So I don't know if that's going to come off at some point or what. See, I don't have that on mine. I yeah, don't have that on so this one. So it's probably a defect on Yeah, on so it's like kind of weird. Um, And then that's pretty much it. That's my only problem with it. I don't know. They're not like gorgeous. Like no. they're kind of like weird and clinical looking. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's not, there's nothing like beautiful about them at all. Um, so it's not a 10 from me. Yeah. Okay. User friendliness. Um, I gave it a one. Oh boy. <laughs> um, and it just goes from there. Um, okay. and I, I gave it a one because I have breastfed two humans. Okay. And before I breastfed two humans, I was just telling Morgan right now that when I was a um, dancer and we would have tech rehearsal, um, in the back of the auditorium, I would hear the choreographer go, blank, your nipples are showing. Yeah. Like from the, so I've always had huge nipples. Yeah. It did not. Yeah. It was not user friendly for me. Okay. It, it, it didn't do anything. It was on my clitoris. It did. But on my nipples, it did not. It just fell off. Well, I tried me, like for five minutes. For me, I put a nine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because all you have to do is place it on the piece of skin and twist the twisty part and then it sticks on you no that's what it's supposed to do and that's what it does when i do it so i gave it a nine because in theory there's really nothing really hard about it now what is a little bit hard is like holding it on yourself like i think this would be easier to do to somebody else Mm -hmm. than to do to myself but i did do it to myself and i I didn't have a lot of trouble with it until we got to the clitoris, for me, I couldn't get it to stick on there. And I got it to stick on there. Yeah, and I don't weird. know if that's because... Now, you mentioned having a little bit of moisture there mm-hmm. to help with the right. suction, which probably definitely could help. I didn't. Um, and then also, and I never remember if I talk about this on the show, but like I have a piercing there. And okay, so yeah. um, I just didn't know how or where, like how to negotiate this little circle, like around that long barbell piercing. Like, I don't know where it's supposed to go. So I couldn't figure it out. And then I was like, I did lots of things in order to try to make it work and nothing was going to make it work. So it just did not stick on the clitoris for me. And I did that too, as far as, you know, the thing that I didn't do, and I will try it again just to see for my own, like, understanding i didn't like the, my they i put moisture around the lip of this uh-huh. but i didn't wet my whole nipple okay and so maybe if i wet my whole nipple they would stick because maybe. i did have a lot of um, vaginal moisture when i put the um on my clitoris yeah and it did stick yeah so that's something to try i don't know um okay accessibility for me i'm doing a six i'm doing a three because it was hard to make like this was i I agree with you i would give it a higher if it was something that someone was using on someone else Mm -hmm. i would have scored it higher but i scored it so low because i'm like it took a lot of time to find everything on my body right and then to like and then i just spent a lot of time trying to make it work so it's yes it's it's accessible but it's not user it's not accessible like do you know what i mean like right wasn't like in theory you have to twist it in theory and so you're just doing a lot of things it reminds me of like an old-fashioned breast pump (laughs) Uh 
So, so for me, um, I also gave it that low score because I'm always thinking about like mobility issues and dexterity issues. For someone with low mobility and low dexterity, this could be extremely hard to operate mm-hmm. because first of all, it's small. So you have to be able to like clench your fingers small around it. And then you have to like clench your fingers around this little twisty thing and do the twisting motion, which might not be an option for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's low on the accessibility. Now, um, there's things that you can still use pumps and cupping sets and stuff that are easier and more accessible, like the ones where it's an actual pump where you have a handle and you squeeze the handle and it mm-hmm. sucks the air up. So there's cupping sets that are like that, and those are so easy to operate. So yeah. I and I mean, but this I don't think so. So yeah, I think accessibility wise, um, not great. Okay, fun factor zero. No, I I, <laughs> so I was sad. like I was like. I put it, I didn't understand what it was supposed to do to my clitoris. Okay, so the nipple thing just didn't work. So I focused okay. on my clitoris. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, well, it's on there. Like, do I hit it with the, like, I didn't know what to do with so it. Well, did you get any, like, enlargement or anything? Or, or no? I, I did, but that's not necessarily fun. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's enlarged, but did, did I have sensations that were amazing? No. Like, oh, I didn't okay. have any... I, I really was like, okay. And then I just unscrewed it and took, yeah, it really, then, okay. All no, right. it didn't do anything for me. Well, I gave mine a 10 because it's, I really liked them. So. Awesome. <laughs> or tell me why. So I'll try so, this again. Okay. Well, I put them on my nipples and what I liked about that was then I had these little things on my nipples and then I was like, like you could pull on them and they're not going to come off and it pulls on the nipples or you can like, you know, kind of hit it and then it's like does that little back and forth thing and it's pulling on your nipple. And then when you're kind of jealous right now, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, And then when you take them off. So one thing that I played with was pulling it until it came off, which is like hard and hurts a little bit, but in that good way, because it's, you know, it's stuck on there. Um, But when you take it off, then my nipples were like very sensitive after that. And so I liked that too. So it was, it worked in the way to increase sensitivity for me, Um, which is something that I feel like I normally have an issue with, with my nipples. Like I feel like they're not that sensitive. I say that, but then I don't know, it's a whole thing, but uh, (laughs) that I won't get into. Um, But yeah, it increased sensitivity for me. And so that made later things more fun too. So I liked them. And then the other thing I like too, is that like, you can get creative with these. Well, you know what? I'll save that for versatility. Yeah. That's okay. what I'll do. All right. All right. Material. Material. I gave it a six. I mean, I think um, it's, I gave it a six because everything can be cleaned mm-hmm. um, pretty easily um, because there is like, so there's a screw, like there's like a, what's that? Like not a screw, but it looks like a screw. Yeah. I don't of, know. The windy uh, part. Yeah. The, win- <laughs> the windy part. I don't know. Rivet or something. I don't know. But anyway, so that is still covered so when you when you screw them on and it gets tighter there's still the vacuum of the air in there but it's easy to clean so i I feel like um the material it's a hard plastic um it's not um metal um so i i liked the material but i I did give it a six so for that the all those same reasons i gave mine a 10 because it's easy to wash it's easy to clean for lack of a better term, they look clinical. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks like something that you could see at a doctor's office and you wouldn't think twice about it. Right. Um, I don't know. They just, they look clean. They're hard plastic. I'm not worried about anything going wrong with these, except for this one that I'm holding that has this weird little thing on it. The gasket is all messed up. But other than that, no problems with them. Okay. Um, 
Okay, so texture. I gave texture a 10, and I don't know why. I gave, I gave it a 10, but I think I gave it a 10 because of the hardness. That's why I think I gave it a 10. Yeah. I, I like um, that it was, like, especially on my clitoris, I liked that it was, like, a hard um, substance or fixture on my clitoris. Like, that felt interesting. Yeah. But it still wasn't arousing. But I did give it a 10 because it did, like, make me go, oh, yeah. something different. Yeah. So I gave mine a 10 with two question marks next to it. I gave one question mark. That's <laughs> okay. funny. That's so funny. I gave it one. Because, yeah, it's not, again, it looks clinical. It's just yeah. hard plastic, but there's nothing wrong with it. Mm-mm. So it just got a 10. I don't yeah. know. All right. Sensation quality. Two. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I put there was some pool on my clitoris, but the sensation just didn't work. But I am going to go back and try it again with water on it this mm-hmm. time to see if there's a little more suction that will happen on my nipples. Okay. Um, I gave mine a nine because, yeah, while there's nothing like, it's not like it vibrates or anything crazy is happening, I do enjoy that sensation of the the skin being pulled up into that vacuum. Like, I think it's interesting. Um, and so I I liked it and had fun with that. So right that was mm-hmm. a nine for me. Um, versatility. Uh, one, like, uh, because it really, it can do those three things, really. And I don't, because it's not like cupping. I mean, you guess you could try it, but it really isn't designed to have that force of suction on that mm-hmm. level. Um, It's really designed to suck things that already have some kind of protru- protrusion. Is that a word? Yeah. I don't know. Let's yeah. see. Um, on, on it. Um, So um, that's, that's why I gave it such a, a low score because it really can only do what it does unless you found something i'm sure you did <laughs> so my versatility is an eight i actually have two sets of these okay. now because i like them so much i bought a second set okay. so i own six of them and they're not the reason why is because it's like a mini cupping set okay and so they do work on other pieces of skin you could put them on your tummy or your stomach or your butt or you know well, I haven't tried the bottom of my feet, but I might because that might be really interesting. But, you know, things like that. You can put them in different places and play with that sensation. And what I'm imagining would be like some kind of scene where you have all six of them down someone's back or something. Well, and then you cool. pull them off and you play with the, the skin that's been sensitized. So the reason why it sensitizes the skin is because when you do that vacuum and you pull the skin up in there, a bunch of blood rushes to that place. And then when you release it, it feels all sensitive because all that blood is right there. So you can definitely play with that. And I feel like it would be interesting to play with that as a pinpointed sensation versus cupping where it's kind of, it's still intense, but it's a little more spread out. So I would be interested to mess around with that. So that's why I gave my versatility score a high one. Um, All right. How about travel friendly? I I gave it an eight because you can just throw it in a bag um it's um yeah you you can take it anywhere you don't have to like it has no metal with it so it can go right through security yeah. with you if you're traveling they travel easy they can you can just throw them in your purse right. or your bag or yeah. whatever you have yeah it so, fits in your pocket yeah. yeah mine was a 10 for those reasons because yeah. i was already on a high high scoring kick so i gave it a 10 like, i was like it's so easy you just put it in your back pocket okay. um okay cost i gave it a four mm-hmm. which i probably should have been higher on or lower Depending on if lower means great, like lower meaning worse. Yes. So I gave it a four because they are pretty expensive. Yeah. These are $25.99 retail. Yeah. That's a lot for mm-hmm. these three pieces of plastic. Now, I think they're really cool, but um, 
There, I don't think that they're worth $26. No. That is insane to me that that's how much these things cost. So um, I gave mine a six for that okay. reason. Yeah. So overall score, uh, mine was a 8.6 out of 10. Okay. And mine was a 4.2 out of 10. All right. Well, there you have it. So last impressions. Um, I said I actually really like them. I have two sets. Um, overall... I, they're great for me. I, I, I enjoy them and I, I like to play with them. So, so I did not like them, but again, I did this by myself and I will ask my um, partner if, um, they would like to experiment with them with me to see if I get a different sensation from it because I'm also very impatient. Like I will try a couple of times, like three or four times. Okay. More than three or four times. I will try a few times with something. And if it doesn't work, I get frustrated because I'm just trying to like, have the orgasm i'm not trying to do rocket science so um so i think and then my partner's a little more patient yeah all right so welcome to our sex position of the week segment this week we are doing some fun things so the first thing we're doing is listener reviews (laughs) so a few episodes back we talked about something wild called the butter churner And we just kind of half joked that we would give out prizes for people that uh, actually attempted it. And lo and behold, we had two listeners attempt it with their partners. I'm so excited. So this first review is from Dan. Thank you, Dan. And Dan tried it out with their partner and said, uh, home friend, that's me, just turn some butter and I have some thoughts. Mostly my thighs. (laughs) Thoughts from us both. It was not good for the penetrating partner. Not bad, per se, but standard missionary feels better. The receiving partner was not able to get their legs up by their head, and the primary pleasure point for them came from the friction against the clitoris rather than the deeper penetration from the penis. Which, when we read the description, it did say, you'll get deeper penetration from the penis, and apparently that is just a total lie. (laughs) Um, I asked if Dan would recommend it to other people, and Dan says, we would not do it again. Maybe recommended for others who are very fit and bendy, but if you aren't stretched and prepared for some heavy-duty deep squats, it might not be the position for you. Um, Thank you, Dan. (laughs) Thank Thank you, you. Dan, yes. And then um, Aaron tried out the butter churner, as uh, her birthday activity with her husband, because it was her birthday, so that's what she decided she was going to do. And she said, So having your butter churned is very uncomfortable. I thought the floor would be the best place to do it, but blank insisted that the bed would be good so that he could use the headboard for stability. We have a memory foam mattress. It was not good. He had to help me get my legs over my head because I'm not flexible and the mattress kept shifting. And then I had to prop myself up with my hands on my lower back and my elbows on the mattress. Between Mm -hmm. the giggling and the being bent in half, I couldn't breathe. The only way it was possible to get the proper angle is so his dick... Or, sorry. (laughs) The only way it was possible to get the proper angle so his dick didn't pop out was if he bent forward. Staying totally upright like the picture suggests wasn't possible, but that may have been a stability of surface issue. I'd test it again on the floor instead, but I don't want to because it was bad and terrible and we both hated it and (laughs) laughed a lot, but there was nothing sexy or physically fun about the butter churner. It was more work than actual butter churning. Um, So there you go. That. Thank you both. And I am so happy to hear that people are trying the positions because, and we're not picking positions just so you know, we are, we're not picking normal positions. That is intentional, but we are not picking positions to send anyone to the hospital. So like once it starts hurting, stop doing it. 
Don't keep trying on our sake. We trust you. <laughs> we trust you to trust your bodies. But thank you, Dan. Thank you, Aaron. I will thank be. You. We'll be sending them some fun gifts. Um, I just got some some new stuff in for giveaways um, that I will be contacting them. And if you are listening right now and you're like, where did that information come from? That was all that whole conversation between me and Dan and Aaron and a few other people happened on the Discord um, server, which I mentioned a few episodes back as well. So if you want to join the Discord, uh, message us at the Broads and the Bees on Twitter. I'll send you the link for it. And yeah, we get up to some fun conversations there. It's pretty fun. So let's talk about our sex position of the week. So we're doing something a little different again. So excited about this. Yeah. And this is, so I have this deck called the Erotic Awakenings Kink Starter Deck. And what this is, so let me read, just read the back of the box. It says, stuck in a rut, have a hard time coming up with creative ideas, or just want to explore kinky or naughty things in your new or existing relationships. Kinkstarter can help improve your negotiation skills, get your juices flowing, spice up your kinky sex life, and more. The Kinkstarter is a deck of 72 playing cards divided into four different categories. Erotic scenes, sexy implements, and hot accessories will help you set your imagination free to explore a world of erotic fun. The fourth category sets the tone from soft and romantic to hardcore action. So I've got these cards here spread out into their four category piles. We're going to pick one card from each pile and design a scene based on that um, that you can go out and try if you feel like it or don't. Challenge by choice. If it's a little hard, then don't do it. I say, I mean, we already have people out there putting themselves in traction. <laughs> I say give it a try. Give it a try. Give it a try, but know your limits. Yes, so know your limits. Please. I really like this deck because, um, yeah, it gives you ideas of how to create a kinky scene with your partner. It's also a great way to um, start conversation. Like mm-hmm. we talked about with the sex dice, you can just flip through these cards with your partner and talk about each one as it says, like... You know, pick one up and say, oh, what do you think about this? It says Benoit balls. Like, what do we think about those? You know, what would, a, what would a scene look like with those? Things like that. Another thing you can do is say you're the submissive partner and you want to, you know, play a little game or whatever. You go through that deck ahead of time and you toss out all the things you don't like. So you know only the things you like are in this deck. And then you hand it to your other partner and you say, hey, pick some cards out of the deck and I'll do whatever the cards say. So. so as a sub, <laughs> that's kind of cheating. But you get to you get to define it however you it want. It would be a good bratty thing to it do. It would be a bratty thing to do. It's like, oh, I don't want to be spanked today. So I'm just going to put that right. out, even though you know you were being a brat. So Yeah, so that's just some fun things you can do with it. So let's go ahead and do our um, cards. So I'm going to choose, let's each choose a card, and then we will, don't look at it yet, and then we'll figure it out. Just okay. picking right off the top. Okay, yeah, perfect. So let's flip these over. So red, it's red, blue, green, yellow. Perfect. Red, blue, green, yellow. Okay, so this is what we got. Erotic photography with a feather while talking dirty, but softcore. <laughs> that is a hot mess of a scene right there. <laughs> so erotic photography. So uh-huh. someone's taking pictures of you. Yes. Holding a feather, maybe. Or tickling so with a feather. feather. So they're going to tickle you and take pictures at the same time. Maybe maybe you get a, a camera with a remote on it. <laughs> now you're having to buy a camera. 
Love it. So, okay. So erotic photography, it says suggestions, compose together and then click some hot pictures. Use your imagination to recreate some of your favorite erotic scenes. Ooh. And then it also says, don't forget to turn off your automatic cloud sharing. And you might want to just view and then delete them. That way, nobody sees the pictures. And then for Feather, it says stroke them from head to toe. Do you have any, like, oh, yours just says. Yeah, so it's soft. It's a soft clay, which it actually is a soft clay. So it's a soft clay. Soft. Yes. Yeah. And then it um, says um, talking dirty. So. So my only thing, like, okay, soft erotic photography and Feather, I'm feeling all of that. The dirty talk on top of that, I'm like, what? <laughs> Maybe they're clucking like a chicken. <laughs> I think you could do like a really steamy, sensual, like taboo, like let me take pictures of you, but I'm also going to like stroke this feather on you. But I don't really get the dirty talk part of it. Well, I always get the dirty talk part of it. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. It's the, it's the um, because I have made so many mistakes with my, because my only camera now is actually my phone. Uh-huh. So. So be careful with that. <laughs> we know how I am. I will send those pictures to my grandma. And she'll be like, oh, honey. I'll be like, oh, grandma. <laughs> so, so yeah, but I, I like the idea though. I, cause it makes you, especially if you've. I think actually, if you've been playing for a while, it gets you out of the box of yeah, the norm because it can become repetitive. Because you know, there's there, it becomes just like traditional sex. It's like it's Wednesday. Let's get it on. Absolutely. And, but this makes you kind of break it up. Do so I like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right. Well, that is our sex position of the week. So we are now at the end of the program for this week, and we have our intention for the week. And I thought since we were talking about BDSM, that we would talk, like set an intention of really honoring your kink. Okay. Everyone has a kink, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be an extreme kink. It can just be you want to be tied up and you've never experienced it. If you have a safe partner, feel see what that feels like to experience something in the kink realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be vanilla kink. It could well, I call it vanilla kink when like being tied up. I've been in it for a long time, <laughs> but it can be it could be light kink and it could be heavy kink. But mm-hmm. like stretch it a little bit because sometimes we can get in ruts. So yeah, that's my intention. Like, cool. give yourself an opportunity to experience a little bit of kink. Yeah, awesome. So okay, let me ride on that a little bit, and I'll put out a blessing for all of you out there that are ready to challenge yourselves mm-hmm. and take that with you into the week. And yeah, I like that. Yeah. Cool. Nice. So this brings us to the end of our episode this week. I want to thank you all so much for listening. I want to give a big shout out as always to the scavengers network for having us on the network. Um, if you like our show, you might enjoy FMK all day hosted by Aaron and, uh, Liz. And it is just pure chaos and hilarity (laughs) for 15 minutes once a week, (laughs) um, every week, super fun. Um, definitely give them a try. Um, definitely make sure to follow us on Twitter at broads and bees. And yeah, that's all I've got. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Morgan Spatola. I'm Joy Sass. And have a happy, healthy, sexy week. Bye.
The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. Do you wish your life was a little more spooky? Well, what the heck? Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Tall tales. Although we went to dinner last night and you told the lady on our wait list that our name was Cradge. Was it Cradge? <laughs> Creepy cryptids. There. Poor Pizza Rat. Pizza Rat is pizza and a rat. Yeah, it's double delicious. He's a rat with pizza. It's like, yeah. oh, man. Thank God there hasn't been a corn dog rat. Or you'd be eating that I rat. Think, you know what? I think, in my defense, if someone was like, you ate a live rat, I'd say, well, it was holding a perfectly good corn dog. <laughs> Monstrous goofs. Well, you could probably just put a video because, like, our tombstones will probably just be, like, videos replaying. They'll be, like, memes or oh GIFs. My, yeah. Our tombstones will probably just be GIFs. That's, that's one of the coolest things you've ever said. A spooky spell. <laughs> Sorry, there's something stuck in my throat that whole time. Spooky Spouses, a part of the Scavengers Network and Viddy Space. New episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>